0: What's up champs welcome to another episode of the short shifts fantasy hockey podcast i am your host ben burnett joining me once again your other host my pal and yours lewis mr e ezekiel lewis my friend my buddy my pal my guy
1: how are we doing on this fine fine tuesday evening i'm doing well uh, you know, solo with the kids tonight, so crossing my fingers that we don't have a a bunch of little ones pouring down the stairs and and into the podcast studio down here in the basement. But I think they are pretty well occupied. Uh, you know, Elon's Elon's got the one to deal with, and and Brian too. But uh, I'm bringing I'm bringing three to the table here, so right, uh, triple dad action.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that about you because no matter what uh no matter what complaints either Brian or Elon have about podcasting with children. I have more kids involved in my podcast than either of them do.
1: Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't even have to do anything. Luckily, uh, luckily we don't try to go for, for hours and hours at a time, unlike some people. Yes, that's true. And so
0: for that reason, let's jump into the show, Lewis. Uh, we have a busy one tonight, and we have to start with a topic that was discussed on Sunday night's show. And that is what the senators are going to do uh, in the absence of Joshua Norris. Uh, Brelon had mentioned this is a great opportunity for Shane Pinto, who's been incredible to start the year. Uh, Five goals already, six points on the season. Uh, Shane Pinto remains just 20% rostered and looked like a shoe-in to fill in for Josh Norris on the second unit, or the second line, rather, between uh, Claude Giroux and Alex DeBrinket. But instead, as we learned yesterday, Josh Norris is out at least two weeks but it looks like the Senators are are hesitant to split Pinto from linemate Tyler Mott, who's also been very, very good. Five points in his last four, plus 11 hits. And so instead, the second line is now being centered by the crown jewel of the Mika Zibanejad trade. That is Derek Brassard, if you, if you don't remember, as I'm sure we all do. Uh, fondly remember the uh, Mika Zibanejad for Derek Brassard trade. Um, so in the first game of the season for Broussard, he came in, scored a goal, one shot, put up two hits, 16 minutes um, of time on ice. Lewis, I guess I'm wondering, first of all, is Broussard interesting to you on that second unit? He is, a, as our friend Cousin Dave would say, a ludicrous streamer level, 1% rostered on Yahoo!, Or if you were looking for a streamer off of the Sens, would you rather grab Pinto, who's 20% rostered, less available in deeper leagues, or Tyler Mott, who's 20% rostered? Um, But, you know, each of those players have obviously had a longer, five games longer uh, track record of success this year.
1: Yeah, it's a tough call. So uh, I think one thing that that Broussard has in his favor as he's getting in on that second power play unit, which is, you know, pretty good and is not, you know, uh, it's not an even split, but it's like closer to a 60-40 than it is like a 70-30 or an 80-20. Um, so I do like that for Broussard, and I'm glad that he scored. I just feel like because Pinto has been so much more reliable and he's getting it done from that third line, he's got like a real Gabe Velarde feel, although maybe that's not the compliment that it was last, you know, uh, that would have been last week Sure, uh, since he's gone a little bit cold. He's like a first week of the season, Gabe Velarde. Yeah, yeah. So for that reason, I feel like I lean towards Pinto just because he's been showing that he can do it. And I feel like he could potentially move into that spot if we don't see some production or some effectiveness from Broussard on that second power play. You know, I I kind of wonder why it isn't Pinto, I suppose, but like you said, kind of keep things the way that they are, but I don't see why he couldn't slide into the power play. Um I would take Pinto over Brassard just because I feel like Broussard is, you know, you're, you're hoping that he turns into something, uh, whereas Pinto has shown, at least to start the season, that he is capable of really generating this offense on his own. That's not something that Brissard I think, can do at this time in his career. I don't really know how much how many minutes he can handle. Um, so, you know, I, I think Pinto is the guy that I would grab. I didn't have the option, so I grabbed Brissard in Cupful Tier 1. Uh, Elon ran and grabbed Pinto. Um, so, you know, I'm glad that he scored, but, you know, Pinto of course scored as well and really kept his streak going. So, so that's where I would lean, uh, and definitely interested in Mott if I'm in a bangers league or like categories that count hits. I think that is uh, a surprising amount of production, uh, from a good Michigan boy, uh, who hasn't seen a lot of fantasy relevance lately. That's
0: exactly where I'm at as well. It's, uh, other than the Michigan stuff, which makes me dislike him,
1: um, <laughs> All right, well hold on. You 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 got to do your whole Rangers deal talking about this Zabana <laughs> ad trade high five in yourself. So, I'm going to mm-hmm. jump in where I can, bud. Mhm. Yeah, Michigan sucks. Um Yeah, I I think that Pinto
0: is is the guy that I would want of those three pretty pretty much for sure. Uh Tyler Maud
1: interesting in in a bangers. I'm with you there. Why don't you take us to our next story, Lewis? All right. So, we have a number of storylines to talk about out of Columbus. As long as we're talking Michigan, might as well move to Columbus next, right? Uh, Patrick Line, back in the lineup already on Tuesday. Pretty exciting. I don't think a lot of people expected uh, him to be back so quick. You know, we saw uh, early in the morning that he was taking line rushes, and we thought, okay, well, that's great. But, you know, he's still probably a few games off. But no, he's back in. Uh, and what's especially great about that is that he should have his feet well under him by the time the Jackets play in what patron Auntie tells us is his home turf in Finland. Uh, last time he went to Finland with the Jets, he had a hat trick in the first game and he scored in the second game as well. So I have high hopes for how he can perform in those Finnish games next week. Uh, so yeah, great news, obviously, for line A owners. I doubt he, you know, was dropped in any but the most shallow leagues that maybe didn't have, uh, you know, maybe didn't have IR slots or something, but uh, just good news, I think, overall for those Jets top liners. Interesting to see Kent Johnson uh, taking some power play one reps today, although we'll see if that sticks. They are uh, up against it, playing Arizona today uh, with your boy Shane Gostespierre, just going ham on them. Um another word of caution I think as we think about you know streaming and and players uh in the aftermath of this foreign trip we've seen some of those players you know like that trip kind of takes a toll on them uh we heard some news today about how the Sharks and Predators staffs have been kind of in contact with each other about the challenges of coming back to an NHL schedule uh, after the matches in Prague so I would just say beware potentially of streaming any blue jackets uh, as they make their way back from those Finland games, uh, they may not be as sharp as they would be otherwise. And uh, of course, that goes for the Avalanche players as well, who will additionally be making their way back from that trip. Um, some other news out of Columbus, Justin Danforth, who started out filling in for lining on that top line and then dropped down, uh, has a torn labrum that required surgery. That's going to keep him out for six months, so that mostly looks like a see you next season. Uh, very unfortunate for him, but hopefully he is uh, back at full health uh, after the surgery and after his uh, healing time is up. Uh, and we were maybe a little bit concerned about Elvis Merzlikens losing some starts to Daniel Tarasov, um, but Tarasov has been pulled from their game uh, against Arizona. So I would imagine that uh, that's got to make those Elvis uh, owners feel a little more confident.
0: Does it, or does it just show you that maybe Columbus is not the wagon that people had hoped they were going to be this year? That's, that's kind of where I am right now is like, maybe they just don't have goaltending, and the rest of the roster isn't good enough to like carry uh carry them it into the playoffs, I would guess, uh, based on how competitive the East is right now.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That that may be that may be how things truly are. Um but you know, at the very least, hopefully those uh Merzlikens owners will get a little more volume than maybe they were worried about getting uh earlier in the week. Well, let's go
0: over to a team that's even more depressing than the Columbus Blue Jackets, and that's the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Who have started 0-5-2 this season. I saw a tweet today that said, and I therefore have not uh, fact-checked it. My fact-checking was by going on Twitter.com and seeing the tweet, reading it, and enjoying it. Therefore, it must be true. Uh, the, uh, The Vancouver Canucks are one loss away from starting a season with more losses than the Vancouver Grizzlies ever did. In, uh, in the NBA. So that's a fun statistic for a, a team that was supposed to be playoff bound this year. Um, and the hits keep on coming for those 05 and 2 Canucks. Uh, Quinn Hughes has been added to the IR as of yesterday. He is week to week, which is a big blow for a team that is already very terrible. Uh, this may be a good opportunity for you though. If Oliver Ekman Larson happens to be on the waiver wire in your fantasy league, he obviously moved right onto the top power play in the last game. And in the last five games, he has put up four assists, 10 shots, and six hits. Uh, OEL, it's been a couple years since he was the number one power play, uh, fella in Phoenix, but he was really good. Uh, he was okay. He was he was very usable in bangers leagues in particular. I should walk back that he was very good. I'm I'm having flashbacks to uh early era keeping Carlson pods where Brian and Elon would argue over uh Oliver ekman Larson stealing. It feels like we were just babes back then, you know, Lewis? Uh, anyway, yeah, early oh yeah. in our
1: careers and whatnot. Yeah, I, I think OEL is pretty interesting. Um, you know, certainly there's a ton of talent on that top power play in Vancouver. They are really struggling to, to you know, make it productive and to finish. But uh, I would say, you know, uh, that that has him in a nice spot. It's going to be, you know, at least a couple weeks. It sounds like, um, you know, I think that is a, a nice spot filler uh, in the meantime, and we'll see if he can find some production there.
0: All right, Lewis, we are going to take a very quick break. And when we return, we'll get into the streak section of today's show. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, we are back from our break. No interruptions. Uh, Let's jump right into the streak section. And uh, I want to bring up a guy, first of all, that I know you're hype on because he is on your Cucupful team and you are famously nothing if not obsessed with your Cucupful team. Uh, and that's Nico Heeshear. six points in the last four games, not counting tonight, in which uh, the Devils have scored four goals, but I don't believe Hichier is in on No me. points yet. No points yet. That's right. His,
1: his line is really nasty with uh, the surprise Andre Pilat injury. They hit the blender and he's out there with like Zetterland and Tatar, I think.
0: Oh, I appreciate that insight because I obviously prepped this before that happened. Um, I do w- want to, st- you know, what everything I say, I'm still saying full throatedly. Uh, it sounds like Andre Palat will be back. Uh, he- he's just a bit banged up. I don't, I don't suspect that's a secretly uh, long term injury, and-, and I suspect that shear winds up back where he's supposed to be before long. But yeah, Hishir uh, six sorry, 46% rostered right now on Yahoo. And I think it's really time for that number to start to rise. He's been playing 20 minutes a night this season, averaging three shots a game. He's on that top power play. And that line with Andre Palat and Jesper Bratt that we just mentioned has flat out outperformed the Jack Hughes, Mercer and Sharon Govich line so far this year. I don't think that, you know, it's, it's quite a, uh, a one A one C as the the production might suggest the the split is right now with the the brat line being sort of above the Hughes line but I do think both lines are going to be good I think this is a team that can support two strong offensive lines with with fantasy relevant players so I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say it I think um no I'm trying to decide if I'm gonna say people need to pause the pod and go add Nico here because I think he might be. I think he might be that good. And I heard Brian and Elon talk about doing it for Shane Pinto the other day. And that's absolutely, I think Nico Hichier is several stratospheres above how excited I am for Shane Pinto. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, this is a guy who's coming into his own. And especially when he is out there with Brad, Brad has shown some serious playmaking chops this season. Some of these assists, I think he has seven assists now, uh, counting one uh, here on Tuesday. I think he's up to nine, my friend. Holy moly! He leads the league
0: in assists.
1: Yeah, it, it's been crazy. Um, C.J. Tuchero, who does um, uh, uh, a a I don't know if he's a beat writer. He's a he does a lot of. Uh, Devil stuff uh, is like on this campaign of yes, Berbrot is the best passer in the NHL, uh, and he just you know i I don't know that he is the best, but he has been an outstanding setup man this season, and it's really been a difference maker um, for that line and especially for Heshiar's success. so uh, yeah, I think if he is sitting around on your league, I would drop Shane Pinto to pick up Nico Heshi in a heartbeat. what a you know right Yes, yes very clearly. All right, we are going to head for a warmer climate to talk about another high time on ice player. But this is a guy who is not giving us the level of success that we hope to see. We want to talk about Sam Reinhardt. He's really struggling right now. He has no points in the last four games prior to Tuesday's night match. Tuesday night's match, is what I mean to say. <laughs> uh, and he's only got one power play assist overall in six games. You know, this isn't going to last forever. I, I want to encourage Reinhardt owners to be patient. I don't really have any advice beyond that. He hasn't scored in those six games on 18 shots, but he's getting three shots a game on average. He's playing 21 minutes a night. He's playing with Barkov at even strength. And just one game below 65% of the available power play time on ice uh, and even then he was over 50%. So, you know, the team's just shooting 7% was on the ice at five on five. He obviously, uh, has not managed to get in on any of the goals that have been scored was on the ice. So that IPP of zero is not going to last. Uh, you know, the Thurs are going through some growing pains as they adjust to their reconfigured roster, but I think sooner or later, Reinhardt is going to break through. I'm up against him this week. So if he wants to to take another few games, that's fine by me, but he's not going to shoot 0% forever. He's not going to be stuck at 0% uh, IPP either. So give him his chance. Hang in there with Reinhardt. He's doing a lot of things right. His line is driving play, uh, dominating, uh, Corsi for, uh, you know expected goal percentage all the stuff that you want to see it just hasn't turned into production yet
0: counterpoint on this 7.5 sh- percent on a shooting percentage isn't like horrible
1: no i think i wrote i wrote in my notes that it is okay but has maybe some room for improvement okay you know he hasn't gotten in on it that's that's like the one stat yeah. that i think is kind of like yeah, it's fine but it's not you know it's whatever but i, I think, think that we're gonna see is. some improvement
0: let me let me throw this stat at you that I, I'm just noticing as I as I peruse Uh Last year and the five years before, the four years prior, Sam Reinhardt played 56% ozone starts or above. This season, 36% ozone start. So oh, interesting! Getting a lot of defensive looks. That's uh, that's something that. I don't think it like you know completely neuters him, but I definitely could imagine it bearing out. It, like if that continues, if that split where he's playing only one third of his shifts start in the O zone, it's the same for Barkov too. So pretty clearly, right. Paul Maurice is using this lineup very differently than they were used in the past. I I'm pretty nervous just based on that.
1: Yeah, so maybe don't go out and uh, try to acquire him or do a buy low. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So they're kind of being asked to be that shut down line. Um, you know, they're not, you know, they're surviving fine. Um, but yeah, I wonder, I wonder how long that might last for. I wonder if Maurice will, will take a different tack at some point, but that's interesting. Some, some real food for thought there, given that information, do you think you hang in there with Reinhardt? I mean, 21 minutes a night with Barkov.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I wonder now I want to know, like, what's the, are there forwards in the NHL who, Play forty percent or fewer ozone starts and put up seventy points. Like I, I'm, I'm I. feel like that's a deep dive research thing that we'll have to look into between now I and think, the next show.
1: I think the concern should at least be assuaged by those three shots per game. I mean, it's not like the mm-hmm. the you know, defensive zone starts are preventing him from getting some offensive opportunities. Maybe they simply are good enough to be able to move the puck up and, you know, uh, make something happen with it, even if he hasn't been able to cash in. So I I think that should temper it a little bit.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely am like not saying I I definitely agree with you that they are a line that's still going to get their chances. It's hard for me to imagine that uh, it's hard for me to imagine that they're going to um, not get points playing with uh, you know the Barkov reinhardt line is just going to forget how to score or not be able to dominate but definitely I feel like they're going to have fewer chances if they're uh, if they're starting this many shifts in the D zone or in the neutral zone. Uh I guess we'll we'll head over to our next hot streak and yeah Lewis I do want to put a bookmark in that one and come back to it maybe on Thursday and talk about whether uh, or you know what reach out to us at shortshifts kk on Twitter or in the Discord group and let us know uh yeah, let us know what you think about you know, this uh this situation. And if you're a Thurs fan, one of the the many Thurs fans that listen every week to our show, Thurs Nation out there, let us know. Uh come on the show Thursday and we'll uh we'll chat all things Thurs. Uh I need to go to my Uh, I need to go to a team that I do not like Lewis. That's, that's called a big league transition right there. Uh, let's talk about the New York Islanders and in particular, uh, Anders Lee hot, hot, hot seven points in the last five games. Very good to see that shot rate bounce back to just under three per game after he dipped nearly a shot per game. Last year, still a bit shaken up by that ACL tear in 2021, uh, he said in a recent interview. So it does seem to make sense physically that that he would be in a better place in 2023. And all of this now that he's finally been split from Matt Barzell and has been getting along very well with Brock Nelson and Anthony Bavillier on what I would probably call a, a 1B line in uh, on Long Island. Um, Lee's numbers are still unsustainably high for sure. Ideally I'd see him as a, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him get along as a 60 to 65 point guy rest of season, but I do think he's somebody you ride while he's hot. Um, because, and, and I, I sort of say that obviously I'm not saying like, Oh, as opposed to the type of guys who you drop when they're doing really well. Um, mainly just cause I don't think that he's somebody that I'm anxious to, to try and sell high or anything or, or to, I'm not anxious to get him off my team, I guess, because I, I really like an early season hot streak for an established player who has a new coach, because there's always that chance that the new situation unlocks some other opportunity or deployment or, you know, some other level of production. So I'm trying to be open-minded here about my despicable New York Islanders. And I'm into Anders Lee right now, Lewis. That's all the time that we have for tonight for myself, Ben Burnett. I'm signing on out of here. Please come and join us on Twitch next week, or on Thursday, rather. We'll be back in two days. Thank you to Lewis. Thank you to John. We'll see you guys soon.
1: Thanks, everybody, for joining us this evening, especially those who came live on twitch.tv keepingcarlson. As Ben said, give us a follow at shortshiftskk, as well as Brian and Elon at keepingcarlson, and Dave Bedden of the Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. Also recommend you follow at GamedayLines, at GamedayCollies, and at GamedayNews, and the GamedayLines Tweets website uh, puts all that information together in one convenient place. Uh, thank you to John read for helping us with our twitch images Uh, our intro and outro music was created by pat roach and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short